Hi, this is Jeff Steele. Today we're reading Exodus 34, verses 1 through 28. A little bit longer of a section. Uh, This is what it says. Then the Lord told Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshipped. And he said, O Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. The Lord replied, Listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I will go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. You must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you will go with them. Then you will accept their daughters who sacrifice to other gods as wives for your sons, and they will seduce your sons to commit adultery against me by worshiping other gods. You must not make any gods of molten metal for yourselves. You must celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring, in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. The firstborn of every animal belongs to me, including the firstborn males from your herds of cattle and your flocks of sheep and goats. A firstborn donkey may be bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. No one may appear before me without an offering. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working, even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. You must celebrate the festival of harvest with the first crop of the wheat harvest and celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season. Three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign, the Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out the other nations ahead of you and expand your territory so no one will covet and conquer your land while you appear before the Lord your God three times each year. 
You must not offer the blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast, and none of the meat of the Passover sacrifice may be kept until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of the covenant I am making with you and with Israel. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord forty days and forty nights. In all that time he ate no bread and drank no water, and the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. Okay, this is a somewhat intense scene here, the dialogue between Moses and God, really more one-sided God, uh, proclaiming and and declaring the covenant again. What we have here, it it almost feels like a do-over. Moses uh, had two stone tablets already that God had already written on, but when he came down from the mountain the first time and found that the people had made an idol, he was angry and he broke them. Remember also, the future of this people was very much still in jeopardy at this point. God had said to Moses previously in the previous chapters, listen, I'm going to kill them all. I am going to wipe them off the face of the earth and I am going to start all over again. So this is actually the second time that Moses is climbing the mountain to meet with God and to receive the law. The first time, I guess you could say it didn't take, so they have to do it again. And Moses has actually been begging God to restore his covenant with the people. And it happens in very dramatic fashion as God passes before Moses in this text. And look at what God says. Now remember, this is a once in a Bible kind of event. All right, No one else in the Bible has ever had or or really will ever have an experience like this one that Moses is about to have. This is a major dramatic moment in the story. And listen to God's words. Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Yahweh the Lord. Those are actually the same word the word for Yahweh and the word for the uh, Lord in the Hebrew text. It's Yahweh, Yahweh, or the Lord, the Lord. Compassionate and merciful are what he leads with. And then he talks about how uh, compassionately showing love to a thousand generations, but also sets this against his justice, not excusing the guilty. And how do those ideas go together? For God, they seem to be one and the same. Mercy and compassion go right along with justice. It's like they are two sides of the same coin. And I read that and I think God could have said a lot of things about himself here, couldn't he? Why focus so much on his mercy and justice? Let's remember what's happening at this point in the story. Remember, this is a pivotal moment in God's dealing with Israel. They have broken the laws. They've broken the covenant already. Will God accept them back as his people? He doesn't have to. He's not obligated. 
will he accept them back? Or will he destroy them and move on as he has said he would do? They've already violated the covenant. They've already turned their back on him. They've already made their own idols and worshipped them. They've already tried to make God in their own image. As God, the Lord Yahweh, passes before Moses, what will happen? How will he respond to these people who are so quick to wander away from him? Moses throws himself on the ground and begs God to take them back. Make us your special possession again, he asks. And what follows is God reiterating the key points of the covenant. He isn't telling Moses anything new here. He's not breaking any new ground. He's not giving Moses anything he hasn't already heard before. But instead, he's restating the terms of the agreement. When a relationship is broken, everything feels broken. Think about a parent and a child relationship where a child rebels against the parent. I know, I know some of you uh, may have had this experience or are continuing to have this experience. When the child decides they're old enough and wise enough and they go their own way, and on their way out the door, they go to great lengths to disregard and to disrespect everything that you have stood for. And when you try to help them, they, they essentially say, listen, you are not my parent anymore. You're dead to me. I don't need you and I don't want you. Now, as a parent who has sacrificed for your kids, you have fed them, you have clothed them, you have sustained them since they were little. You got up with them all night when they were babies to take care of them. You sacrificed and you put their needs ahead of your own. And all your hard work has resulted in them giving you basically a great big middle finger and telling you, you're not the boss of me. That's kind of the picture here. God has brought Israel out of Egypt. He rescued them with miracles. He took on the Pharaoh and all of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He led with a cloud and a pillar of fire. He fed people in the wilderness and he established a covenant with his people. And they responded by making a golden statue and worshiping it as if it was God. And so, We've already read what happened after that, the plague and the, discussion, the uh, destruction of the stone tablets and God's fierce anger and Moses interceding for the people and begging God for another chance. And in this text that we just read, in this text, how does he answer? What would you do if the child who rebelled came back? If they somehow found themselves so full of, of hurtful experiences that drove them back to you with tears to say, you were right. I'm sorry. I was wrong. What can I do now? What can we do now? What would you do? I think you would probably, as a parent, do something very similar to what God did here. You reaffirm the relationship. Listen, I'm still your parent. You're still my child. This is what our relationship looks like now, okay? This is what's important. This is my heart. Uh, this is why I say and do the things that I say and do. This is what our life is going to look like. This is how we go on from here. Because when the relationship has been broken, it needs to be put back together 
before both parties can move on. And so God spends the rest of this text reaffirming the covenant. Guys, remember the commandments, he's saying. Observe the festivals, and for heaven's sake, please remember the Sabbath. I am your God. You are my people. This is how we go on from here. So I'm wondering, are there people in your life that you can think of today that your relationship is broken? Listen, you can't undo what's already been done. Okay, the hurt that's already been caused. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship can't go on from here. What does it look like? The big question is, what about you and God? Have you ever found yourself feeling so far from God that you think, man, he is never going to take me back? Have you ever thought that God has got to be so sick and tired of putting up with all of my nonsense, right? He's just, any day now, I, I'm just expecting that he's going to be done with me altogether, right? I believe that what you were, will actually find is that he is Yahweh, the Lord, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and kindness, ready to lavish love on a thousand generations. I believe that what you'll find is a God who is ready to reaffirm the relationship he has with you and what it will look like from here. Let's pray. God, for anybody who is feeling far from you, whose hearts are far and feeling, um, I don't know, lost, uh, just uh, in, in uh, a dark place. God, I pray that you, you reach them with um, light, reach them with uh, the next steps to take. God, reaffirm your uh, covenant with us, reaffirm your, our relationship with you as we, uh, as, as we give you <laughs> um, the best that, of our attention and time today in your name. Amen. Have a great day.